Yo, welcome to... F- I almost said Funny Planet, goddammit. <laughs> welcome to Funny Planet. Welcome to Funny Planet. This is what happens when you try to produce all your podcasts at one time. You start out with one, and then you do the intro to that one, and then you do the intro to this one. Uh, welcome to The Madness Continues. Uh, happy birthday to me, everybody. This is my birthday. It's February 25th. I am 34 years old, born in 1986. And uh, why am I not famous yet? I read somewhere if you don't make your first million by the time you're 30, the chances of you doing it diminish rapidly. Uh, so... <laughs> I guess we'll see what happens. I don't know. My buddy James Altucher, he's made money. He's lost money. I think we're. I think we're. I think I'm gonna be okay. You're here with me. I appreciate that. Uh, this episode, I decided to record with a buddy of mine from a little while ago, Jason Acevedo. Jason's been a very nice guy since the day I met him. We know a lot of the same people in Paris. He's done comedy over there with uh, groups of people who I've talked about on the pod before. We talk about it on this episode. Jason is a hardworking motherfucker, man. Member of the MLKs of Comedy in Chicago. He does all kinds of touring around Chicago. He's working road gigs. He's producing his own gigs. He's recording albums. He's the guy who does all kinds of stuff. And honest to goodness, he's got such a big heart. I think we go. he goes off a little bit in this episode about what he sees as some darkness in the comedy scene in Chicago. And if you're a fan of this podcast, you are uh, don't exist. <laughs> if you're a fan of this podcast, you are in the Russian Federation. If you're a fan of this podcast, you'll know this is a classic uh, pastime for this podcast is to kind of shit on the Chicago comedy scene a little bit. But I I do have love for it. I love a lot of people there. I call them all the time, even though I'm in New York now. I miss going out. I miss hanging out at Mike's. It's different in the city of New York. There's camaraderie that exists in Chicago that doesn't in the city of New York. But along with that comes from all kinds of other vitriol that I think comes with any close-knit group of people. So... He, we talk about it a little bit, and uh, and I think Jason honestly has a unique voice. I think Jason's a funny guy. Jason is genuinely interested in people having a good time, and I love to see him get up on stage. I love running into him at Mike's, and I was glad we got to sit down and talk for a little while. Um, if you guys want to send me a happy birthday thing, I would really appreciate it. <laughs> I could use it, man. It's been difficult here for a little while in New York for all kinds of different reasons, and um, I would just love to hear from you. Honest to goodness, uh, you do this all the time, meaning podcasting. I do it, you do it, we do it, I do it. When one is doing it, as I do, sometimes you get into this habit of thinking, man, I don't think anybody actually listens to this thing. Like, I don't know if this is actually going anywhere I'm doing anything. In fact, I don't know if my life is going anywhere I'm doing anything. I'm making big decisions. I'm going from place to place. I'm trying to partner with people. I'm trying to think, ha- make things happen, and and it's difficult. Um so any encouragement would be helpful. A uh, shout out to Brian Rowe and whoever else created the You Crushed group on Facebook. I think that that actually is a good move. I think it's positive to share that kind of reinforcement with each other because I, here I am asking for it right now. So if you guys wanted to send me something like that, I would appreciate it. Uh, uh, all love for everybody listening, and I hope to get to see you at a show soon. Uh, I'll be back in Chicago on the 20th of March to uh, open and feature, I don't know what the relationship is, uh, do some comedy before Brennan Gay gets up on stage at uh, at the Lincoln Lodge and record his album, which is pretty cool. And a shout out to Janelle Murphy. Uh, I need to have her episode soon. She had me booked on her show last week here in New York. And to uh, David Drake, who did a great job headlining that show and was a, is honest to goodness a really nice guy. Hilarious voice. Wonderful man, uh, super funny, super fun to spend time with, and uh, I had a great time. So it was wonderful to see him too. Anyway, it was a little mini Chicago reunion. Take care, everybody. Be well. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday to you if I don't get to see you. And without further ado, here's Jason Acevedo. I don't know why everyone, where did did that craze come from? Because, like, the only person that I ever knew who drank LaCroix, like, the only person that I ever thought bought it, like, there were the, there were, they were, she was the reason they were still in business or they were ever in business was my high school counselor.
Like, if you were over 60 and divorced, that was your fucking drink. <laughs> and, and like, now everybody's like, ooh, look at me. I'm cool with my quinoa and my LaCroix. Well, I'm from, my, from, like, right around where I grew up. Right. Thank you, man. Some people in the scene don't, don't, don't. I'm not their cup of tea. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that interview. Uh, I mean, they haven't had me on anything on that network, and I'm just like, yep, can't wait to bring my shit back to actually interview people that I actually want to get to yeah. know. Pull that dude just a little bit, just yeah. a little bit closer oh, over there. Oh, there you go. It does extend. There we go. <clears throat> okay. uh, Jason Acevedo, welcome to the Madness Continues podcast. How oh. are you doing? Oh, <clears throat> you know. Thirsty. I'm parched. <laughs> I never use that word. I'm parched. Dude, what are these steampunk glasses that you're wearing right here? You know, I see, I knew you were going to bring them up because no one can see. They can just hear the glasses. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> They're like steampunking through the mic. But like, I was going to wear a scarf, but even I thought that was too much. And I'm just like, I just, you know, I, I, I wear what I want because I would want to fuck me. <laughs> because, you know, that's really the only reason... People are like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "Me, I would. I'm just doing what I want to do. I'm not dressing for you." Also, people in the winter, I know who's not from here when they dress to look good and not be warm. Oh yeah, but I, I can do both. There's a, I do both. When I first moved here, I had a. Uh, when I first moved here, I had a um, <sighs> a roommate from Los Angeles, Los Angeles. Okay, and he uh, he would dress. <clears throat> in a way that was just completely not appropriate for the cold. Oh, no, yeah. And as soon as it got cold, I mean, his first winter, it got down to 10, and then he moved back to L.A., like literally three right. weeks later. Yeah, we don't need that around here. He just was like, nope, not going to do this. Yeah, fucking quitters. So you go back to L.A. to chase after another dream you're going to quit? <laughs> like, you just can't handle the cold. You fucking Fuck off. Commit, to, commit to Chicago, goddammit. If you can't commit to the cold here, what makes you think you're going to be great in this industry or whatever industry you oh choose? Oh, my gosh. I'm just saying, like, the cold builds character. Like, there's a reason why, like, I am the way I am. Because the cold, like, a lot of people stay indoors. Oh, yeah. No, I fucking go out. I would love the cold. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I love the cold. Because I love <laughs> seeing people suffer. <laughs> and, like, just people just, like, fucking... Like, nobody knows when they go outside. They just expect it to be whatever they dress for. Yeah. And it's like, no, dude, you never know what it's going to be like here. So you have to prepare for the worst. Yeah. And, like, you know, even sometimes they get it wrong. They they get it wrong on the news all the time. Dude, for real. So it, they, you know, uh, I, I, I feel like the, the Chicago is, that's the other thing that my, my roommate who was out here was saying when he was here is, yeah. I, I mean, growing up in the, I grew up in Detroit, so like I get it, but he was like, people. You, you grew up in Detroit? Yeah, Metro oh, Detroit, wow. yeah. Nice. He, he was like, uh, people here check the weather every day. And I'm like, yeah, because nobody has any fucking idea. what From day to day, you got no idea. Oh, yeah, but then you have that bullshit where it's like, it is 22, but it feels like this. Oh, yeah. So you just go by that. Feels it's like super that. weird. Like, sometimes I'll look at my phone, and I, because I have a Canada Goose parka. So, like, one of the first things I bought when I got out of debt was I was like, I'm going to go buy this, this coat because it's got a lifetime guarantee. And I became obsessed after being, like, in debt and, like, semi homeless slash actually homeless for right. a while that I was like, I'm going to buy shit that I can just rely on forever. Well, that was such a casual flex you just dropped, too. So when you got out of debt, you bought things. And I'm like, I'm in debt and still buying things. So, like, that's <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> that's a lot of fucking work, man. Um, oh, yeah. That was what, yeah, dude, yeah. That's Anyway, that's part of the reason that I was, distra I was distracted from comedy from such a long time was I was like, I just got to get the fuck out of this debt. Oh, man, this is, you know, a lot of people do. I mean, you know, I'm 25, and a lot of people... You know, I last year, I mean, we'll get into it if you want, but, like, last year was my first, like, it was that, because I'm 25, so it's, like, that last year was, like, my first year where I was, like, oh, fuck. Yeah. It was a year-long mental breakdown. That's what, I swear to God, that's God what damn, that was. Goddamn, man, really? Because, like, in the first three weeks of that year, uh, or last year, like, 20, I, this is 2018. Yeah, yeah. I was going through my first heartbreak. My uncle died of cancer. Yeah. Uh, my sister had something going on. That's her story. I would rather, you know, keep that between us and her and her. And uh, I was unemployed. Yeah. I, I thought I was going to quit comedy. Oh, yeah. Really? I, I really, I really thought, like, I was just in I bed. can't imagine you quitting comedy. I, I can't even. You, I just, can't you just seem like such a happy guy most of the time. And you seem like such a guy who. 
you're such a hustler in this kind of way where like when I first met you, it was at uh the open mic that used to happen at, at uh Osmium on um on Belmont. Oh, are you talking about the fucking uh the coffee shop? The coffee shop. Oh mic. shit. That used to happen on Really? Tu- we met there? Tuesdays? Yeah, I think so. It was Holy like twenty fifteen now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. so anyway, when we were I remember being there and talking with you and the reason I remember this conversation specifically is because we were talking and I had this weird and this is like what came up on Dale McPeak's podcast, which is, I think, really funny is like for especially when I first moved here. I mean, I still fucking do this, but like especially when I moved here, I was like, oh, I've been doing comedy for fucking 15 years and I've fucking done it all over the world and like all this shit. And so I started talking to you about that. And you were like, oh, yeah, I've done comedy in Paris. And we, like, knew all the same people. Yeah, yeah, And that's yeah. where I was like, oh, oh so shit. I'd, so I would gotten back from that. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So it was, like, the summer already? Yeah, it was the summer of 2015. So then I was on my way to fucking uh, Edinburgh. Yeah. I was, on, I'm, I was on my way to the Fringe in August, so then I met, oh, shit, so I, I must have. You. It must have been right after you got back from the Fringe then. Okay, so then, like, and, September-ish? Yeah, it probably was the, end the of fall. All, end of uh, summer. Yeah, 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 end of summertime, I think. Right. So... Uh, where was this going? So I just can't imagine you not doing comedy because you seem like such a hustler. You've got oh, yeah. all these shows that you're doing. You did that one in Waukegan recently, where yeah, they yeah. they reached out to to me. I think I posted because you posted something, and then this woman was like, "Jason Osvaldo's doing the show. If you want to do one," and then I, I immediately was like, "This I'd like more information." And that's what I want because I, you know, I want to go to territory that I'm not aware or that I'm not like used to or like know anything about. And then just, you know, plant seeds. So then that way the transition for others, especially others like yourself that I care about and I'm a fan of myself, it's easier for you guys. Like once yeah. they're like, hey, come do more. And they need more in Waukegan. Waukegan is a great time. I they, mean, she said that it was a great show when I was talking with her about it. Oh, man. I had such, we, we did two shows. Uh, you know, 40, I did 45, 48 minutes in the first show. The next show was like an hour five. It was looser. They were completely improvised shows. Yeah. So I just did my, my hour which is called Lonely Wit, and that format is just, it's a crowd work show, but I have a pianist yeah. accompany me, Yeah. so nothing is rehearsed. They, yeah. That was the second time that pianist and I, we met together, uh-huh. or that was the second time we ever met. The first time we met was the recording of my special last oh, yeah. year in December. Yeah, see, this is the other thing that you and I do and have in common a little bit, is that I feel like you don't really, and this is why I can't imagine you quitting comedy, is because you... You kind of there's a real and this came up in Dale McPeak's podcast also right. is there's a real scene hierarchy concept that people have right and so some of the some of the slings and arrows that came my way from that podcast were like how do you uh, how how come you are recording something don't you think you should have oh man I have all this, this shit together I this, first I have this conversation all the time where people are just like you know. Okay, so going off of this year-long mental breakdown, like, fucking, I was just fucking depressed. Yeah. And, like, I was unemployed, and I was just lying down. Like, I was in bed every day. Yeah. I had no energy to do anything. I did not want to see anybody. Real-ass depression. Yeah, like, I I didn't know what I was going to do. I thought I was just going to get a job and just wait till I die. That's all it was. (laughs) I swear to God. And, And I just didn't find anything. I wasn't happy with anything. I didn't, I stopped performing. I, I just did not. I, c- I wasn't you sound happy like you're, You sound like you're describing the front half of a fucking depression pill commercial right I'm now. I'm serious, yeah. And then do it, you, do yeah. you use losing interest in activities you yeah. used to love? I swear to God. Yeah. And like, I just, I didn't, I got off social media for like five months. My first show back was that fucking CYSK audition that I didn't get. And it's fine because it's like for a lot of people what you're talking about that like scene hierarchy shit. I, that was just my first show back. The only reason why I got that spot was because I asked one of the producers, and you know, I don't care, it's Blake. I asked Blake, and sure. I asked Blake Burkhardt, who, who's one of the producers of CYSK. I was just like, yo, what the fuck? Like, I saw the lineups, and I was like, who, who, who is booking this shit? Because there was people who had been doing comedy less than three years. And I'm not saying that however long you've done it discredits you, but a lot of those people I've seen before, <laughs> I was like, are you just taking everybody? Is this just a cattle call? <laughs> and then he said, well, if someone drops out, I'll put you up. And I was like, but I'm not asking for that. Yeah. So then he gave it to me and I was like, okay, whatever the fuck, because I hadn't performed in five months and I I was on my way to Columbia, the country. I went to the college too and I graduated, but like I went to <laughs> Columbia, the country to surround myself around family and mountains and just love. Yeah. For uh, for twelve days, and I think 
nobody knew why I was depressed. I yeah, think my sure. mom might have told some yeah. people, but like you just was it just it was kind of a feeling of like existential hopelessness. Yeah, it was just more so like, what am I, 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 you know what it was? I felt like I had, I started comedy at 16. Sure. So I thought I had. You started comedy at 16. I did. I did. Okay. I thought I had wasted my life up to this point or up to that point. Yeah. And I was just questioning a lot of things. But then I like reconsidered everything. I reflected on everything. I sat down and I realized it's like, well, what's, what's something other than a person that I've loved for longer than nine years? Yeah. And I couldn't think of anything else. Yeah. It's it, that's actually really similar. I so I started doing stand up at sixteen, and it's funny really? because I've yeah same kind of thing. Holy I started shit. doing improv when I was fourteen in high school. They oh, had a word? club, yeah, they had a club Me in too. high school, and we started doing shows like monthly, and right. um, got pretty popular actually at my high school. Not me personally, but just the group got right. really popular at the <laughs> high school, and and uh, I don't know, same kind of thing. As I th- I think about it a lot, and I'm like, I just can't really imagine doing anything else with my life. Like I just. I have a lot of fun doing comedy, um, even when it's not going well. I mean, like, look, you know, I'm on the Dale's podcast and they're, you know, I'm, I'm answering questions about what people are like, how come you have this bullshit YouTube channel where you're giving out life advice or like, how come you, you know, whatever. And it's like that shit is landing because it's all thoughts I've had before. Right. <laughs> so right. like, but there's a part of me that I'm like, even in even in situations that are not comfortable, or I'm gonna go out and grind mics and be and bomb a bunch because I'm trying out new material. Yeah. Or like same thing is like there's there's guys who, and I mean maybe you get this, but there's guys who, you know, um, are and girls, uh, gals, whatever, and, and who, and they and them who are, Us. you know, getting CYSK spots and. And uh, you know, getting up at the Laugh Factory, or see, that's the thing. It's just or like, and it's like they're it, it, everybody, everybody has a different route, though. Yeah, everybody wants everybody wants to do what everybody's doing. That's why when I did my hour last year, I wasn't expecting to do an hour at the end of the of last year. Uh, just a lot of my peers, like a lot of my people that I respect and look up to and, and love, they all said, you know, we know you can do an hour. Sure, just do it. And yeah. I was like, it's like, well, why do you have this and that? And I'm like. Well, I mean, like, have you? I mean, a lot of the people that told me to do something were the ones that were around yeah. to like hear me out and yeah. hear why I was feeling the way I was feeling. And that hour that I did in December, Lonely Wit, which you can get now at jasonavocado.com, J A Y S O N Avocado, A V O C A D O, dot com. Uh, but the reason why I think that special is, is, is so different from anybody else trying to do something. In the scene is like, for example, like, oh, I'm going to do a 30 at the storefront. Oh, I'm going to do an hour over here. It's like, well, what the who, who who knows you mm. other than the people? If if you have people come out to your show and you're doing an hour, I know you're less than four years in because people still care. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, I swear to God. And then it's also like, what are you doing to differentiate yourself from an already oversaturated market? Give me a reason, or you have to give people a reason to want to watch you. Sure. If you're just going to go up there and tell jokes and we don't know who the fuck you are, I don't care if you shared a lineup with Michelle Wolf. I don't care if Dave Chappelle popped in and you happen to be on that same lineup. I don't care. What is going to make, what is going to set you apart from everybody approaching a traditional art form, which is why I consider myself not only a fucking visionary, but a goddamn non traditionalist. Sure. I don't like doing things the way other people do things. I just kind of feel like it's the same. I don't know, man. I guess there's a part of me that feels like uh, I, I wish I had the part of the brain that, you know, other that I see some other comics have in Chicago where they're like, Oh, I've been to hang out with these people because if you get in with this group that I'm going to get spots at these no. places. I sometimes wish that I had that part of my brain. Why? Because you know what that is that I know there's people who aren't from here. They need community. Mm. I'm born and raised here. Mm. I have my friends. I have my family. I don't need to depend on this community to get by, not just in life or in comedy, but period. I don't need that. Mm. That's why I go to the fucking mics when I want, you know? I go to the mics that work for me. It's the gym. I don't need somebody to enjoy the gym. I'm not there to enjoy it. I'm there to work out. Yeah. That's it. So when people go up and do the same shit over and over at mics, the same shit that they do in showcases. Yeah. You're only doing that to appeal to the comics in the back of the room when really you should be working on things for you. You care about fitting in. I care about getting better. Uh, mm. And it's like at the end of the day, 
a lot of people give pe- other people who don't matter power. Yeah. Which is why this, like, look, I'll say it right now. If I get offered CYSK ever, I'll say no, because I don't need it. Mm. I've been to five countries and ten states. And yeah. Actually, more than ten states. Ten states and two countries this year, two two languages. I was invited on behalf of the, the city of Chicago to represent the city of Chicago in Mexico uh, as part of the Year of Chicago Theater. I really? was asked to do stand-up. In Spanish, they paid for everything. The tourist yeah. organization, the tourist organization of Chicago, Choose Chicago, asked me. Yeah. And Second City partnered with them, too. They actually recommended me wow. to do stand-up in Spanish. I didn't know that. That's amazing. But see, that's what I'm saying. I don't have to publicize the shit because it's just on my, you know, it's my resume. Yeah. I don't, you know, people always want to go up to a mic and appeal to the comics. And it's like, I don't care. I don't, you're not at the show, you're not at the shows I'm doing. I'm not trying to appeal to you. I'm trying to get better for me. Yeah. So it's like if you let people who don't matter have power, you forget why you're doing it. Mm -hmm. Me, I want to have fun. Yeah. I am still a kid. You know why? Because I lead with my heart and I am sensitive and I am emotional and I do care way too much about people. Yeah. But like when I'm on stage, I'm a kid playing. Yeah. That's it. There's no rules. It's it definitely, it definitely, you're an interesting comic to watch because you definitely look like you're having a lot of fun. Whenever yeah, see, you're on and stage. that's not an act. That's real because, like, a lot of people forget I, I get, why I, they I, do it. I sometimes get It's funny that you say this because I went through some depression shit recently. Um, it, it was, uh, which is funny because. Uh, <laughs> Because I feel like I had totally legitimate reasons for for going through it. Like, grand, my grandfather died. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I, uh, man. I mean, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, there's a whole bunch. That one was pretty rough, probably because there was a lot of um, there was a lot of uh, family drama going right. on, kind of around like a it. will thing or something, like money. Nah, yeah, I'm not. I don't want to talk no, about no, it. No, no, no. But like, fine. it was. Uh, it just was a. It was. It was kind of a bunch, and so. Right. I was kind of feeling really, I think, down and, and sort of vulnerable and sensitive and a whole bunch of other right. things like this. And it was funny because going out and I kept I, I knew I was like, if I just stay at home, I'm going to fucking hate myself. Yeah. Oh, so I'm yeah. going to go out and try to go to mics and stuff. But which is really a maladaptive strategy because mics are the fucking most depressing. Yeah. Like, it's so bad. But what happened after he finally passed and I went to his wake and everything. I think something switched in my brain where I just was like, I'm just going to have fun again. Like, I don't, I'm not trying to, because getting up in front of, I guess that was a circuitous way of me talking about that, like, getting up in front of other comics at mics and trying to make them laugh is so, feels, especially, like, if I let it go, if I'm like, I don't give a shit about any of the people in this room. Right. And, like, even if I have friends in the room, and even if I'm friends with everybody in the room, if there's a part of me that goes... I just don't give a fuck about what these people think. I'm going to talk about this thing because I find it funny, or I'm going to talk about it because right. I just want to talk about it. And also, if you know your intentions and you know who you are and you accept that you're 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 growing and learning, you, you accept that you can learn, you're, you're never going to stop learning. If you know your intentions, say whatever the fuck you want to say. Well, like, try whatever you want to try. Work out whatever you got to work out because you're not there again yeah. to appeal to anyone. You're just working on some shit that you either believe in or some shit that you think could work. Or, or you're working through it yourself, maybe. And that's the thing. You know, if it weren't for Darius Kennedy, you know, bless his heart, man, because like I had a great conversation with him when I was going through this like year long mental breakdown. And Darius Kennedy is, you know, one of the best comics in Chicago. I don't care what anybody fucking says. I respect the shit out of him. I love that man. He's yeah. like a big brother. And he never has anything bad to say about anybody. He, yeah. He's just, he's, he, he works. He's to himself. He grows. He evolves. And he's funny. And yeah. He's, and he's nice. That's what a lot of people forget too. Is everybody just, it feels like LA sometimes. Where people just want to get something from you. They don't want to get to know well, you. Well, you know what's even weird about weirder about what you just said is like, I, I, having spent a little bit of time in LA recently, I found everybody was so generous. Like, people were, like, I'm, I'm in town. I, I messaged were you people. Doing improv? On, no, I was out Ground doing stand up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, but I, so I messaged a bunch of people and I'm like, hey, I'm just in town for, you know, the week. Right. And just wanted to get some spots, and I know it's last minute. <laughs> yeah. And all these people were like, "Yeah, sure, come. We'll give you time." Well, because they know you're not coming back. I got time and all this. Uh, yeah, right. That's the yeah, reason. right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like, I just think everybody seems so super nice, and I did great. I did great at like yeah, every show I did of out course. there. And I think about coming back to Chicago. Same thing when I was in New York, and I mean, uh, this is probably 
you know, if I end up on a McPeaks podcast about why why nobody likes me, it's probably because I say shit like this. But I go right. to fucking New York, or you go overseas, or you go different places, like places that you You're and loved. I have been. You, you you can get up and you can do fine. And for some fucking reason, in the city of Chicago, everybody always just, however, the worst they've ever seen you do. Or whatever the mo- that's where they're going to peg you. That's, that's their their gonna, where they're going to peg you. They don't give you credit for growing. They just take that one part yeah, that they saw, and, and that kinda, one show that they saw. It, it's kind of bullshit because I think you know one of the things that somebody said was like, you know, how come you 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 know you, you something like cringe worthy comment. I forget exactly the comment that, but somebody ended up throwing something about how they were like you're you know you you try out this cringe worthy material or something. And I think to myself, you know, you don't. I don't get f- feature spots at the Comedy Castle in Detroit, right? Or I don't get a spot at the second room at the Stand because I'm right. bad at doing stand up. Yeah, like see, people, it, people it, get mics confused with like you don't. You're not at the showcases that I'm doing. You you care more about doing some big ass showcase at a bar. I care about going into a club and selling merch and making it harder for whoever's headlining to follow me. Yeah. Like, it's it's choose your, you know, people choose your battles, choose your victories, like small or big. Mm. People get excited. Oh, when they, if, if CYSK is the thing you're working for, mm. then I don't want to see the rest of your, I don't want to see your comedy because yeah. you're, that, for a lot of people, that's the end all be all. I just kind of accepted that I'm, I'm not their comic. Like I'm just I'm not the guy. But you don't have to be. Be the comic yeah, for but, you. But that's what I mean. Is like I'm right. not their I'm not their guy. Like like uh so I go there last night and I see um you know Kenyon and M Chuck or Andrew Shankland, two guys who are I think great comics. I would never if somebody put me on a lineup with them, it would be because uh, uh, yeah. for variety. I I'm love, not yeah. I'm not that kind of comic. I love Kenyon Adam Chick. Yeah, I didn't know who he was for a while, but then yeah. we met and he hosted a when when I opened for Ian Edwards. Uh, he hosted. Yeah, and he's a really he's a really dope dude, and he's so funny. Yeah, he's hilarious. Um, but like he had he, a great set. Same thing with Andrew at uh the CYSK round two auditions last night. Yeah, see again, it's they like, were great. Jesus, like, <sighs> look, going back to what Darius said, and it's it's he he told me over a phone con- a phone call. He said that comedy's not going anywhere. Yeah, I needed to hear that. Yeah, because a lot of people, there's a difference between therapy and therapeutic. Mm. A lot of people love to go to the mics and like get through shit, and it's like, nah, bro, we don't want to go through your shit. So <laughs> go get better and come back when you're better. I feel like sometimes this ain't going nowhere. And sometimes that feels like that. Truthfully, it feels like sometimes that that's what I'm working through. Right. But I feel like a lot of it is like I'm trying to, you know, this is the other thing that's weird to me is it feels like. You're whatever you're using open mics for. You're you you're you. That's up to you. It's your time on stage. Well, you got always, four minutes. Use it for whatever you well, want. It's always personal gain. Whether you gain shit during your your set or off, like when mm. you're done, because uh, you know a lot of people forget that, like you there's a life outside of this shit, and you can tell the people that make this their life, and that's some sad shit. Because mm. if this is your life, you're a boring ass person. <laughs> like, oh, we're just talking about bits over dinner. Get over yourself. How are you doing? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> are you <man>. okay? <laughs> are you the same person at home when you're by yourself when you're on stage? Because a lot of people don't have to be. Yeah. But I know for sure. You know what? I, I made a recent breakthrough with my own comedy. Maybe the entire time I've been doing comedy, I haven't even been doing me on stage. Yeah, yeah. It's You've just been... my father. Yeah. Oh, wow. That that's a way to honor my father. My uh. father is an ignorant, close-minded, fucking just dumb ass, <laughs> and just like he just he just cares about money. Yeah, he works with people, and I have no idea how that. I still don't understand. Like, cause I get it, kind of, cause I I still work in catering and shit, and yeah, yeah. occasionally I do banquet serving and shit. My dad always has to put on a smile for people. And when he gets home, he's just like, man, fuck everything, because it's just like you have to put on a smile, even when you thought, even when it's the situation you're not supposed to smile in, because it's fucking, it's it's, it's it's hospitality, yeah, 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 yeah. It's the service industry. So when you get home, you're just pissed and you want to go to sleep, and you talk about money, this and money that. My dad don't have friends; he yeah. just has people that build shit for him. <laughs> That's it. He just doesn't have any. He just he doesn't have anybody over for drinks. He doesn't yeah. have anybody over to watch football. Yeah, he's either working, sleeping, or shitting. That's it. And sometimes it's all three. <laughs> and it's just like my dad doesn't get along with a lot of he's just 
ignorant and closed-minded. So, and, and so this is who you've been kind of channeling on stage? It's like, yeah, but for some reason he's Puerto Rican because I'm loud as fuck on stage. But, like, you know, I'm <laughs> Colombian, so, like, we're chill. We don't have to go around and say we're Colombian every five seconds. You know That's funny. Saying? But, like, but yeah, I, I really do feel like I'm doing my dad on stage. I, I definitely feel like I, I would like to... It's almost like getting on stage, I'd like to have... I'd, I'd like to... There's no... I used to when I first started doing stand up I would get really psyched up before I got on stage and I would have to be I would be like feel like I'm putting on like a character. Oh yeah, yeah. But I feel like in the last bunch of years that I've been doing it it's been more like I'm just gonna walk I'm just walking out on stage. Like I'm just no, gonna man. be who I am. I feel like every time I go on stage it's something you can't miss. Mm. That's mm. that's that's the way I look at it because you know what's funny? The reason I think I'm I'm doing my dad on stage is because he was a jazz musician. Oh, really? He uh he was a he was in a Latin jazz band, uh you know before he even met my mom. Really? And he played the trumpet. Damn. So that that's where the that's where that comes from. <laughs> and I don't play the trumpet. I just sing and shit. And like he always wanted me to like learn how to play the guitar and piano and shit. And I just fucking you were like nah. No, I learned. I, I see. He wanted me to learn all that, but I did what he taught me first. Like I fell in love with what he taught me first. Got and it. Was, and I was eating, but like <laughs> my grandfather, his dad was a Baptist fucking minister. Oh wow. So I think that's where that's a lot heavy. of that's where a lot of like my conviction on stage comes from. Like my loud, like my fucking just da, ah, like my fucking yeah. your energy, right? And it's like you know, my grandfather was preaching something. I'm preaching a whole other thing. Either way, it's rooted in positivity. Yeah, it's rooted. You're a really positive in- guy. I feel like a lot of your I don't I don't think I've ever heard you say anything negative. Like I don't I don't think I've ever seen you post anything negative. I don't think I've ever right. heard you say anything negative. Like it's mo it's mostly all been. Yeah, like you were saying, just positive. Like you have a lot of positivity. Well, because a lot, a lot of thing, a lot of the, a lot of the reason why that is, is because, <clears throat> you know, I think, and you know, this is about to sound really dramatic and shit, but I really do believe it's the truth. I think last year, that Jason died, mm. and I mm. think after I came back from Colombia, I was in this like rebirthing process. And like just rediscovering or like reignite, like my soul and my mind and my body was just like reignited. It, it, it like I found a, a new purpose to why I'm living. Damn, dude. And it really was. I think that purpose is just like yes, a part of it is helping people, you know, momentarily forget all the unpleasantness in their lives. But then there's also that aspect of that I just recently discovered within the last three months. This like spiritual transformation that I'm going through, where it's like, you know, it's a concept of moral desert. Moral dessert. When you tell a kid to eat their vegetables, they expect dessert. But I'm just going to eat my vegetables. Yeah. And that's food for thought. And I'm actually trying to eat vegetables <laughs> because I want to live longer. I, I really do. Because, like, I feel like I got a lot to do and I got a lot to see. Is that like a bet? Did you just. <laughs> no, that's real shit. Fuck you. <laughs> that's real shit. And, and it's just like, you know, I. I, I I don't, I, you know, I actually even thought about a fucking, uh, a, a, a congressional run, like a senatorial run. I feel like, I feel like you, you should run for some office around here. Like fucking alderman or some shit. Yeah. But like, uh, really, I told Dale he needs to run for alderman. Jesus. <laughs> in Humboldt Park, I think he might win. Jesus. Um, so, but, but what was it being in Columbia? What was it that, like, how did your, what were things that started to shift your mind into the place that it's at now? I mean, you know, look here, here's why I know I was going through my first heartbreak with a white girl uh because i just started listening white girls are fucking dangerous man hey man you know there's a reason why they fucked up our election but like uh 47 <laughs> but uh 70 cents to every dollar who was that march for anyway uh but my thing is like you know bob dylan said it best you know the answers are blowing in the wind mm. and you know i just i saw i would just sit my my grandparents have a beautiful home and they have a balcony. I would just stare out into the mountains and I just I, I answered a lot of things for myself by just sitting there and listening to <laughs> the wind. Yeah. I, I, I just sat there with my thoughts and I just a lot of that shit because here's the thing. Uh, society does this wonderful thing and they've been doing this for a long time society where when someone is happy, they have to ask, why are you so happy? But when you're sad, nobody says a goddamn thing. Hmm. So I sat there and I realized, you know what? Everything I do moving forward is for me first. But I also have to find a balance between caring too much and caring enough. I want to be in the middle. Sure. And it's like, I again, I, I love people. I still, I mean, I talk about how much I fucking 
can't stand white people on stage, but I, I try to go after everybody as much as I can. I try to go after bullshit yeah. as much as I as much as I can. And a lot of people want to say that I'm right or wrong, and I'm like, you know what? Fuck off, because I'm up there. That's my truth. Sure. And and that's a lot of people try to get. I think that you and confused. I, there, you and I have. I have two thoughts. I was gonna say. I think that you know you and I have a similar kind of approach. I think to right. Uh, the fact that you're when you're on stage, it's it's about expression. It's about expressing yourself or expressing your thoughts. I don't right. think that's true for every comic. I think that there's no. there's a lot of comics who and I would I and I think that some people think that's bullshit. What I just said in terms of no, like, no, there's nothing wrong with that. Well, I think that like I think that there's a lot of comics who they're like, this is about enter this is about entertainment for sure. Oh yeah, I'm, well that's it, I'm it, an entertainer first. Yeah, and I think that like. I don't know. I think that there's a line there because when I think about open mics versus shows, it's like if you get up on a show and you bomb, you've done a bad job. <laughs> yeah. But then again, it's like you can you could think you're bombing and everyone in the room can think you're bombing. But even if I'm bombing, quote unquote, I still want to be the best person to bomb. Sure. I I, I, I guess I don't know. I mean, like, people I think are that... afraid. People are afraid to fail. Oh, yeah. And and it's just like, but there's more power in 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 failing and growing, and even in that moment, don't don't dis don't don't say no to that bomb. Yeah, <laughs> like people are too scared to fail. Yeah, I agree with you. I I think that, and and partially what I think has my reputation such that it is in the sh in the comedy scene has has. What what it is, I think, is partially motivated out of the fact that I think that for a really long time, for years, I was like, this whole thing is about failure for me. Like, it was, right. I'm just going to go after shit. I'm going to try shit out. I'm going to go after things that I don't know how to do, don't understand how to do. Right. And I'm going to do them anyway because I want it because I'm because I want to. I want to know how to do it. So I'm going to try to do it. And I think that uh, I never tried to do anything else and as a result people are like look at this guy constantly failing <laughs> right right well people also like they have to have it's that young comic bullshit where they see someone on stage and if you get mad at somebody that's because you don't have faith in your material mm. so it's like stop getting mad at me and just go do better and also if you see someone like there's a difference between when you're watching a comic and you go damn I wish I thought of that or, or there's a difference between that and then going man fuck that guy yeah, I could have come up with that. It's like, well, you didn't, asshole. So just appreciate the person for thinking that way. Also, just kind of like, just enjoy comedy. Just enjoy watching comedy. Man, people be getting bitter way too young. I mean, I'm 25, and yeah. people, <clears throat> excuse me, people be getting, you know, I look, I, for example, one of my favorite comedians, and just one of my favorite people in general, Dario Durham, like, he's like the common to my Kanye West. Sure. Like, we get each other. We're like-minded individuals where we don't even have to say a lot of the things that we know. Because because we don't have to say a lot. We don't have to explain a lot of the things that we both already know. I mean, we find out a lot of the things that we both already know just through conversation. Where it's like, right, I get that. Facts. Yeah. I believe that. I know that. As opposed to, like, other people I know who aren't on that same, like, wavelength where you just have to constantly explain to them how you feel or whatever and shit. And, and, that's, and that's another <laughs> yeah. Bob Dylan thing where it's like, you can put meaning behind whatever the fuck I do, but I know the meaning. So if I know, I don't have to explain. Yeah. I just let my work speak for itself. Mm. So many people get caught up in defending their shit and apologizing for their shit or saying, this is how it should. No, bro, just, just rewrite it or get better or keep doing it. Whatever you got to do to make it b good for you. Yeah. Because a lot of people give in to other people's thoughts about it. You're, talk, you're talking about being an artist who's true to himself. Right. And a lot of people, a lot of people, a lot of young comics, I was just having this conversation the other day where people just like, some people just go up there and just be offensive. There's no point to it. Sure. They just go up there and be offensive. There has to be a fact or an opinion or an anecdote or something to to, to back up why you're being offensive because <laughs> you have to, you know, I do take responsibility for if someone does feel bad when I do a show or do a joke or something because you know what? It's not my intention to bring people down. My intention is to uplift people. And how do I do that? That's by pointing out bullshit in society that not just affects one group, but everybody. Yeah. And and, and like also just like point. I'm, I'm a social critic. Sure. It's not black or white, Latino, whatever the fuck. It's 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 I, I love I love being absurd. I love being satirical. I love being observational. I love being conversational. I love being approachable. I love you know, people tell me I'm likable. Yeah, 
No shit, because I want to have a conversation with everybody. Yeah. Like, you know, and people say you can't you're, say you're that you're a very easily approachable guy. That's what yeah, I'm saying. Out at mics and stuff. And so many people tell me, like, I've heard people, they haven't booked me because they think I'm an asshole. Well, you know what? I know I'm an ass, not an asshole. <laughs> but you don't know that because you don't come and talk to me. I don't give a fuck if you've been on Easy on Netflix. Yeah. Like, just come up and talk to me. Like... I don't have to talk to you because I don't I don't care like <laughs> like I don't I'm not trying to gain anything from anyone. I'm trying to outdo myself every day. It's not a competition with anybody else. If you're going off of what someone else is what someone else is doing, you're doing it wrong because, yes, there is enough success out there for everybody. If we all compete for one thing and a couple of us get it and a couple of us don't, it doesn't mean that there's not another thing out there for you. Well, like, you're you know, just this this Waukegan show, I think, is a pretty as a, a pretty good example of what you're talking about like you i know that you brought out a more than it was you and and uh, was some other people too i i brought some of my favorite comics uh you know it's funny they didn't all come out because one of them got a flat tire the other one was being white and uh <laughs> one was being white the, so jessica diana came through uh she's just getting better and better every time i see her uh pratik shravastava Shravastava, he yeah. is—he's uh, my big brother. He, yeah. He's like, yeah, I really do think he's like my Jay Z. Like he—he's someone I respect and look up to, and I'm—I'm I'm a fan of. And once we found out that we both enjoyed wrestling, we were in. Dude, that is a real comic thing. It is. Like once you find that one thing that you both bond. No, but even on, wrestling spe specifically, it feels like. Oh man! For some reason, all these comics really, really like wrestling. Well, because there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of parallels and similarities. Within the wrestling industry that we can use to compare or or guide ourselves through when it comes to comedy, like a lot of wrestling, I mean, well here here you could take wrestling, you could take jazz for example. Like I think when I'm doing stand up, especially at the Laugh Factory, which is not one of my favorite places to perform, but when I get to perform there, it's a good time because yeah. I make it a good time. I don't care how many people are in an audience. I've done an hour for four fucking people. I treat every guy. I'm serious. <laughs> yeah. No, I'll, dude, uh, I did. I did an hour for two people in Edinburgh. Yeah, well, like so I'll, rough. I'll, I'll, I'll treat every audience that I get because they did their job. They came out. Now it's time to do my job. Yeah. When people are like, "Oh, there's not enough audience. This audience sucks." No, you suck. Did you try? <laughs> did you just check out? Because a lot of comedians. They, they match the energy of the audience when it should be the other way around. Yeah, yeah. And even if they don't match your energy on stage, at least try to get them there. Yeah. It's jazz. Jazz is timing, rhythm, and improvisation. And what makes jazz cool is if you do it your way, not everybody else. A lot of motherfuckers in the scene are doing covers. Ooh. They're doing covers. They want to be somebody else. I'm being me. I'm doing it my way because I'm playing my own game. People say that all the time within the scene. Well, you got to play the game. You got to play the game. You got to go here, talk to these people. Nah, bro. I'm playing my own game. I'm playing chess with checker pieces. It's my fucking game. It's my rules. I'm not playing by anybody's rules, traditional standards. Fuck traditionalism. Fuck the way things are supposed to be. I'm, I'm, I'm not here to do what everybody else is doing. I'm here to fuck shit up. Yeah, man. You are fired up about this. Well, yeah, because I'm too goddamn passionate about fucking performance, performance yeah. and just like... I, I, I like there's no when you're a kid that's what I'm doing on stage when you're a kid I feel like there are I, no I feel, rules I feel like if I'm ever feeling down I'm just gonna put this episode on and like listen Bro, to you. <laughs> if you need verbal espresso I got you there, there's a reason why Colombia one of their biggest exports is coffee, coffee petroleum and yes cocaine but I don't do that shit yeah we you're distribute mother you're, you're a solid upper yeah like like I'm I, this is no drugs this is literally two egg and cheese wake-up wraps <laughs> And a goddamn iced coffee from Dunkin'. Because America runs on Dunkin'. I don't run. I just drink coffee and occasionally walk. But, like, like it just, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people, a lot of people, the, the thing that they do with comedy is yeah. they, they forget that you're doing this for you. Mm. I don't care about anybody's opinion about me. I, I will take into consideration if someone's like, oh, Jason's, Jason did this and he hurt me here. I will. If I hurt like you. Like, you don't want to hurt anybody. No. Yeah. No. But, just but you're, not trying to, you're not trying to fucking filter yourself through the, 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 their sensibilities. Well, it's like, fuck this hierarchy. Because nobody put you in power. You put yourselves in power. Mm. And a lot of people fell for that shit. I don't care. I'm not here to appeal to the king. Mm. Or, or the queen. Or the gay. Fuck the gatekeepers. I don't care. 
Like, you have keys? That's fine. I have a bulldozer. And also, what makes you think that your door is in the direction that I'm going in anyway? Mm, I'm mm. going forward. A lot of people want to stay stagnant. They want to stay stagnant, and they look back and they go, damn, what could I have done to to get through that door? I don't know, bro. That's for you to figure out. I don't need to figure out when I know what I want to do, where I when I know where I want to go. People, I don't talk about this shit, but I I posted it the other day, a couple days ago, and I know a lot of people don't read my shit. I don't care because I know that I wrote it and I wrote it for me, where I said, you know, in Waukegan, that was my first marquee, mm. and like you know what, that's a step in the right direction because I walked from the Comedy Cellar to Madison Square Garden the first time I went to New York, which was this year. Yeah. I wish I had my Fitbit at that time. <laughs> Two and a half miles from the cellar to the garden. Yeah. And I sat in front. I didn't care about Times Square. I didn't care about Radio City Music Hall. I didn't care about the Freedom Tower. I didn't care about fucking Central Goddamn Park. I sat in front of Madison Square Garden, and I looked at the marquee, and I manifested my fucking name on that shit. I visualized that shit. Yeah. I will become one of those comedians on that list to sell out that goddamn arena. Yeah. Why? Because I know. I don't have to think. I, I don't even have to believe anymore. I know. And a lot of people want to go ahead and say, damn, Jason, you sound like a real asshole. Or Jason this and that. No. That sounds like you have low self-esteem and you're trying to peg, like bring me down to your level. I'm not on anybody's level. Mm. I'm on my own level. I don't care about you exceeding it or trying to get on it because this isn't about you. You know, this community is for people that need to get by mm. with mm. others. There's, I'm fine. There's, there's definitely uh, there's something about ambi- like for the, if, if 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 the scene senses that you have any ambition. It feels like it, it really. It feels like it wants to just crush that shit. <laughs> well, yeah, but see, that's the thing. We give power to people who don't matter, and that I don't pay attention to that shit because, you know, I don't have to. I don't. I didn't have to do CYSK to do all the countries that I've done to do all the states, the yeah. festivals that yeah, I've yeah. done. I, I I already signed an NDA. I can't talk about it. I got it. I got invited to perform at the one of the nation's largest comedy festivals for 2020. Damn. I already have three headlining gigs from January to January to April lined up in different cities. Hell yeah. I'm going to Detroit for the first time in February. Yeah. Shout out to the independent for believing in me and giving me a oh, shot. Oh yeah, Hamtramck, yeah. And uh They're great. I'm tr- I'm trying to work out uh, 313 still, but like a lot of great people in Detroit. A lot of great people in Green Bay. A yeah. lot of great people in Iowa City. A lot of great people all over the place. Because a lot of people focus on wanting or did they just want to be the best comedian in Chicago. Chicago will be with me everywhere I go. You will know I'm from Chicago. Especially if you cross me. And if I judge your pizza. I will <laughs> judge your pizza. But like... You need to get some Detroit pizza when you're in Detroit. I mean, we'll see. You know? <laughs> you know will it collapse as quickly as the economy? I don't know. <laughs> but like, I just know that... I'm not trying to be the best comedian in Chicago or the country or whatever. I'm trying to be the best comedian for me. Mm. I don't care. I mean, if I'm the best. You should write a manifesto. I mean, yeah. I mean, I love (laughs) manifestos. A lot of people, they want to uh, be the best comedian for whoever's going to try and book them or whoever they want to book them. But it's like, why can't we just be the best comedian that our our five-year-old self will look up to? Mm. Think of the first time you watch comedy. You were like, damn, I want to do that. Now imagine yourself watching yourself. Yeah. Your five-year-old self watching yourself. Would you want to look up to someone who's like sucking other? Like, are you sucking up to other people? Are you sticking? True that's to such yourself? a great. I mean, that's a great way to think about that. Actually, Jason, is I think my I first fell in love with doing stand-up when I was six, and I had a Jimmy Walker. Uh, Hell yeah. Forty-five. Hell yeah. Or thirty-three, maybe. I forget yeah, which size yeah. this the, it was, but my parents had one, and I remember listening to it on an old record player, and I was like, "This guy is so funny." Right. Like he just was so hilarious. Right. And and people people like that's what a lot of people don't do in this scene. They I, I book- still remember this joke where he's talking about. I'm sorry, I just no, need no, to get no, this go out. Ahead, go ahead. I still remember one of my favorite jokes on the whole thing is he was talking about his high school and he was like, "I went to an all black high school." He goes, "And we did the." He goes, "We did a production of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs," and he was like, "The Seven Dwarfs were black, but they had to bus in Snow White." And like that, I just saw <laughs> at six years old, I thought that was so funny. Like <laughs> that's the thing. See, like a lot of these scene show, a lot of these shows in the city, they don't even book by funny anymore. They book by quotas. Mm. They're like, we need this on the show. 
You know how many all-white lineups I see in this goddamn city? <laughs> how many? Every day. A lot. <laughs> a lot. And you know what? That's a shame. Because, yeah. like, you know, then people wonder why I'm mad. Yeah. Because, like, it's not because you're not booking me. It's because you're not booking a lot of other people of color that should be booked. Yeah. A lot of people in this scene are underbooked and underrated. You're one of those people. I mean, you're one of the black... No, I was kidding. <laughs> but, like, no, seriously, there's a lot of good, decent, kind people that are actually also funny. And there's a lot of people that waste the opportunities that they're given or don't take them seriously. Mm, mm. And and it's very annoying to watch people go up and make a mockery of the art form. Uh. Like, I just, you know, a lot of people... You know, this whole alt shit... Like, I, I've seen alt done right, and I've seen alt done wrong. Don't go up there and hope it goes well. Go up there and know it's supposed to go well. Mm. That's the difference between a lot of comics in this scene. Uh, is that they hope that it goes that's, well. They're, they're, they're oh, I'm going gonna go up I'm and going bleed, up on faith. I'm going to go up and bleed from my mouth for five minutes. <laughs> oh, that's so underground. So underground. And our show's on the second floor. What? Come on, man. And then, like, there's other, there's comedians that you... Our show's on the second floor. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. A lot of these people think they have so much power over people. It's like, no, stop. They don't have no power. There's a reason why a lot of you are still here. Yeah. Because you're afraid to take that chance on yourself. You're afraid of going somewhere else and losing that familiarity that you need to be surrounded by. You love being in charge. And it's like, look, I love Chicago. I'm born and raised here. This is home. Yeah. I want to stay here. That's my choice. I will go to New York. I'm trying to start a monthly in New York. Yeah. L.A., I have meetings. I have people that I talk to. And you know what? Again, if people get mad or they get like, if, if for some reason someone's listening to this and they go, fuck this guy, bro, who hurt you, first of all? <laughs> Second of all, I hope you find what you're looking for. But you don't have anything that I need. Nobody has anything that I need. Uh, because what I need is a fucking clear conscience. I need to lose weight. <laughs> I swear to God. I mean, I, you I, eat I, those I gotta, vegetables, man. I got to stay hydrated. I want to I live long enough to outdo myself. Yeah, yeah. Over and over and over. Because so many people want to stay the same. Yeah. You're around here reading this Nietzsche. This self-overcoming. Bro, yeah. But also, like, here's f- a fun thing to say. Like, a lot of people... A lot of people don't even learn from history. They just go, well, I'm so, I'm so creative and innovative because I said faggot. Like, nobody cares. <laughs> you're not you're not taking any chance or risks that nobody's done before you. What you sh- The one risk that we should all be taking is accepting who we are on stage. Because uh, you, you, huh. some people don't even accept themselves when they're at home by themselves. Yeah. So many people need to drink to do comedy. You know what that is? That's bullshit. Because... A lot of people want to get up there and depend on something to make them funny, as opposed to people like you and me. We already know, so we don't have to explain or say this is why we're doing comedy. Yeah, yeah. Because we know, we all have <laughs> our reasons, and some people forget their reasons. Uh, I'm just checking this time. Are You're we good. Get, we're gonna be we're gonna be rolling up here in a little bit. Yeah. I feel like you should write a you should write a book, Jason. There's something. Yeah, a cookbook. <laughs> This is what you should be eating, and also, this is what you should be feeling when you eat it. <laughs> I'm just saying that, like, man, like, I don't, I don't, I have never been that person to you're stay just, in uh, line. You're, 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 this is why I say, like, you're a hustler, man. It's like, I, I kind of, I don't know, maybe this is, because sometimes I wonder, is the, is the world, is the world what you decide it is, or is the world what it is, and you react to it, and then no. you have to make decisions on it's it? Nice, because I baby. think the world is yours. Because I think, like, I kind of, I, I just realized or made the decision a while ago that I was like, I'm just not the guy who gets picked, man. Like, I have to pick myself. That's good. Then because, pick yourself. Yeah, like, I, it just really feels like I'm, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not the guy who gets, you know, maybe other people are. I think, well, like, but see, we focus on who we're not. And we don't focus on who, who we, we are, are and who yeah. we're becoming. Yeah. Like. I think that's a really good point, actually. I mean, so many people want to, again, people are playing covers. You know, jazz. Be you. Be you. So many people are afraid to be them because they don't know if it's going to be good enough for whoever's watching. But who's watching? Other comics. They're not coming to your shows. You're performing for audiences. See, comics are not audiences. They're just peers sitting there and judging you either by watching or not watching. And if they're watching, it's not because they're your friend or they think you're funny. It's because they're trying to steal your shit. <laughs> I swear to God. Because it's like, 
I don't even do, like, it's just, I say this to young comics all the time. I love talking to young comics, and I hate other comics who think they run this shit but don't get booked outside of Shuba's. Like, <laughs> I'm just saying that a lot of people go hard on fucking new people, and it's like, fuck you, man, because we all started there. They're taking a chance not only to do stand-up, but they're taking a chance on themselves because there is that belief in them yeah. that they can try this shit. And it's the people that fail that first time or do good that time and fail the next three times. There's, there, It's the people that go, you know what? I, I, I got to keep doing this. I just don't understand why. Like, this is the, give them a chance. This is the thing. We should probably wind up here in a couple minutes because right. uh, I got this other phone call coming up. But the um the thing that I don't understand is like, it this this you know, life is what you make it. And it feels like... This the community of comedy is what everyone is deciding to make it or not. And what I think kind of hurt, honestly hurts when I think about it is I'm like, why would you want to add more fucking bullshit and vitriol to it? Like life is hard enough, man. Right. Without having uh, people who you're, you know, people just say mean shit or well, treat you uh, crappily. A or lot something. of these comics create these safe spaces so that they could abuse other people's vulnerability. Ooh, that's that's heavy. I mean, it's the truth. Yeah. And people don't like it. They don't like being told what they're doing is wrong. Mm. And you know what? I don't decide what's right or wrong for you. I know what's right for me. Yeah. But like, I tell young comics all the time the same thing, especially when they're like, oh, you're really good, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, bro, I don't care about being a practice hero. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, if we're talking about football. Yeah. If you kill it in open mic, that don't mean shit. Yeah. That don't mean shit. Let's see you do that same set in front of a room. I was in fucking North Hollywood. I was in North Hollywood. Uh, it's uh, so I, there's the, something. The there's something. No, I was at this time. It's a, you wouldn't even know. There's, there's not a club. I was at this bar show. Okay. But I do this show. Uh, and actually, it wasn't North Hollywood. Pardon me. It was it was Tarzana. So it was way the fuck out there. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I know. It's like so, oh my god. It was so ridiculous. I don't know why I said North Hollywood. Anyway, uh, so I do this show. And uh, all the rest of the shows I did in L.A. were awesome. And this show was really, really shitty. But it reminded me, it had this, like, really small economy, meaning, like, everybody who was at the show was, like, in turn getting up just to do comedy for the other comics. And nobody was, no normal people were, like, paying attention. Or uh, they started that mm -hmm. way, and then the show mm -hmm. went south pretty hard. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking, this is really fucking weird that, like, <clears throat> all of these people. And sometimes I feel like that that can happen in the comedy community here, is that people will get up, and they'll be doing... For the comics. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this shit for, for you but, guys. But, but what did I just tell you about, like, the albums and shit, when people record shit? Yeah. What are you going to do to grab someone who's never seen you before? What are you going to do to grasp their attention? And what are you going to do to keep it? No. Mm. I, I don't care about performing for other comics. So I, I know me. You, you, yeah. That's what I'm saying. So, like, I don't care if you know me. Because if you don't know me, then people are going to be like, Jason's an asshole. Why? Because I'm confident and I believe in myself? Because you're clearly not going to do that because you're questioning shit. Because that shit, I feel like that's exactly the, that having that mentality of you're like, I'm just going to... Do it. I'm doing it and going for it. That's what catches all the hell. Well, that's how you outdo yourself. A lot of people don't want to try because they're afraid to fail. That got on my. That was the one point I got. Uh, uh, the two points that I got angry about when I was on that podcast, and the the only two <laughs> things that that really yeah. bothered me. The rest of it honestly was a lot of fun, and I kind of enjoy. You know, I mean, like I used to do mixed martial arts. I like getting punched in the face sometimes. You know, so <laughs> the rest of it like didn't really bother me. Right. But the two things that really did get on my nerves were somebody was like. He walks around talking about how he did Edinburgh, like lording it over everybody or something. And I was like, motherfucker, I can name maybe two other people who, aside from myself, have done Edinburgh in the Chicago right. community. Like that I didn't, not on a show that I produced. And like that was a lot of fucking work. And it wasn't just oh, work yeah. to get it to the point and make that happen. But it was work when I was there. It was, I had to go. Oh, man. I mean, it was like, it, uh, I was going insane because I mean, I'm doing yeah. a show an hour every day. I mean, like, you produced a whole show. I two was shows. Just in, I was just shit. I was just invited to be on one. Yeah. And I just barked. I mean, it was like, it was it was totally nuts. And so that kind of shit gets get, frustrates me because I'm, I think to myself, this is, how obsessed is, is are some people with just wanting to shit on anything that they that we'll see yeah yeah that's the thing don't i know you don't but it sounds like you are but you're just trying to make a point where that negative energy is their low self-esteem the fact yeah. that they have to bring another person down 
to make them feel them, themselves feel better. Yeah. Not only says that they have a low self-esteem, but that, again, they don't believe in their shit. They know uh, a lot of people when they go to the the coasts, they know they're not ready. You know how you know you're not ready because you find out quickly that you weren't working as hard enough in Chicago. Mm. A lot of people take this scene for granted because once you reach a certain level, you feel like the work stops. And then when you go to the coasts, you realize that you ain't shit because you stopped working. Mm. You were just too busy getting your dick stroked or, or, or your <laughs> vagina, whatever, shaved. I don't know. But like, I'm just saying that a lot of people, if you feel like the work is done, oh, then I assume you're dead mm. because the work is never supposed to feel like it's done. If you feel like the work is done, then were you doing, were you even doing work before? Well, this is what's part of, part of, part, I think part of what I feel is like my approach to comedy and probably why people are like, his shit never is working or he's not funny is because I feel like as soon as I have a bit that I think is like, okay, this is funny now. I feel like I just, I'm done with it. Like I'm, I'm done. Oh no. And I just want to move on to the next it, thing. It's a comedy orange. You have to squeeze the shit out of it. Yeah. Squeeze it until there's no more fucking juice. And even if there's no more fucking juice, you can still peel an orange. <laughs> you can still chop up an orange. You can still touch it. You see what I'm saying? Like people give up way too, like people try a premise. They don't even try a bit at a mic. They try a premise and see where it goes. I'm an improviser. So like, I like to write on stage and a lot of people are like, well, that's not how it should be done. I spent five hours writing tonight. I'm, I'm sorry. Not really because <laughs> that's your process. You want to sit at home and be depressed and be angry because other people are outdoing you. That's not how it should be. Mm, Outdo mm. yourself. Listen to your shit. Record your shit. Go back and listen. Yo, I had something there. Yo, there's a there's a there's a reason why people laughed here and not here. It's it's a lot of scientific. Be scientific about it. It's it's football. Look at the fucking practice tape. I don't care what you got to do. All I know is that again, I tell young comedians the same shit. Validate yourself. Create your own opportunities. And giving up should be way harder than trying. Mm, mm. Like, stop stop doing things for other people. Do shit for you. You don't get better by appealing to others. You get better by doing and out and, and growing and learning and, and loving and trying and being kind for you. Do good things and don't expect anything in return. Mm, mm. Stop. It's like, this ain't a reward system. This is not a reward system. Oh, if I do these mics, I get this. No. Just do the mics to get better for you. Who cares if people don't recognize it or not? Did you recognize your growth? Mm, mm. And also, Chicago isn't the only goddamn place. Go to the suburbs. Go to Indiana. Go to Wisconsin. Go to Michigan. Go to Ohio. Take chances. Because if you don't take chances, then you're going to sit there wondering why I don't get booked. You got to do, do like an online, you got to do like a motivational course, man. We're on. We're running up on time, and I gotta because I have to get rolling to something, which I sure, sure. I I need to prepare for, unfortunately. Right, right, right. The uh, Jason, mean, if, if you want to pick this up too, part two. Goddamn, yeah, man, yeah. We'll, we'll get I'll you over. I'll sleep over, Brendan. Just give me the couch. <laughs> I'll wait for your phone shit. To, I'll wait for your business because this shit is important, not just to me. Yeah. But like you know, I I I just care about what works for me, and also knowing that if something works for me. You know, I'm not going to give everything out, but I love uplifting others. Yeah. Fuck the way the thing, fuck the way the scene does things sometimes. A lot of people, a lot of these gatekeepers love bringing other people down to uplift themselves. And that's when I know that they've given up because uh. they have no other way to like, they just care about holding the keys over people. And like, it's the sheep that are going to go for it. that go, you know what? I do need that. You're putting power in people's hands or you're giving people who don't matter power and People forget to give themselves power. Mm. Give yourself power to believe in you. Give yourself power to try out things for you. Give yourself power to be you. Because, again, you should not be afraid to be you. That is what discovering your voice is. Don't let what other people think or other people's opinions or other people's way of doing things influence how you end up doing things for you. That's powerful, man. Yeah. Where are, and where... I haven't eaten yet, so like... <laughs> So that's imagine that. Uh, where can people follow you? Get at you? Any of that? Uh, JasonAvocado.com. Yeah, J A Y S O N, and then avocado. A V O for you motherfuckers out there who just eat guac. A V O C A D O dot com, and then Jason Avocado, Instagram, Twitter, and shit. And buy my fucking special and fucking you know if you want verbal espresso, it's called Lonely Wit. And uh, you know what, man? It's just nothing but love. And at the end of the day. I don't care what you think because I know. Oh, hell yeah, Jason. 
Thank you so much, man, for dropping by. We'll do a part two on this and because uh, I'll need a shot in the arm, I'm sure, into the new year. Oh, yeah, and I also, you know, I thought there was going to be food, so there definitely has to be a, <laughs> a part two. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Hey, peace. <laughs> Pizza. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to the Madness Continues podcast. Once again, this is Brendan Lemon. If you liked what you listened to, please take a minute to like, to subscribe, to give us a rating. It really does mean a difference. I say us like there's more than one person doing this. Uh, It's just me, everybody. So every little bit of support you can lend would be really appreciated by me. If you want to share this podcast, it would really, really, really mean a lot to me. I hope you come back. I hope you listen and check out the other podcast I produce, Funny Planet, where we talk to different comedians from all over the world about what they're doing and how they are funny in their own cultures. You can learn a thing or two and you'll have a laugh too. Anyway, take care. Take it easy. We'll see you here next time.